Please be advised, this recording does contain mature subject matter. You may find some words, phrases, and inferences that may trigger you, so please be advised and be warned. Hey everybody, this is the Dungeon Master Academy coming at you with another podcast. We're going to have a little fun today and do another book review, similar to uh, the Dungeon Master's Guide, but the book review I tend to do is usually a little bit different. I focus in on the pieces that a new DM or GM uh, really needs to focus in on to help them better understand how to gear up for being a DM or GM. Uh, in the Dungeons and Masters guide, I did focus in on one particular chapter section that I felt was important as part of the learning process. Now, with the Player's Handbook, which is more geared towards the player, there are certain things that as a new DM or GM, you're going to want to have a pretty basic understanding of, even though it's kind of the responsibility of the player to know what to do. This is more about what you can interpret from the player's handbook to make you a more effective DM and GM and give you a better understanding. So really quick, let's go through it. The player's handbook is broken up into 11 sections or 11 chapters. Uh, Chapter one focuses on the step-by-step creation of a character. You then have a chapter in regards to races, a chapter in regards to classes. You'll have a chapter in regards to personality and background. You'll have a chapter devoted to equipment. You'll have a chapter devoted to customizing options. You'll have a chapter devoted to using ability scores. And then there's a chapter devoted to adventuring and a chapter devoted to combat. You then have a chapter devoted to spellcasting, a chapter devoted to spells, and as always at the back of the book, you have the appendices, which kind of guide you through some of the more um, in-depth sections you may need to support your game. Now, as a new DM or GM, I would recommend Chapter 7, Using Ability Scores, Chapter 8, Adventuring, and Chapter 9, Combat. Um, if you have time, don't get too bogged down it other than the basics regarding spellcasting, especially if you end up building NPCs or other um, uh, antagonists or protagonists within your narrative um, that you may include spellcasting as a potential for a counter. So let's break down Chapter 7 using ability scores. The main reason why I think as a DM or GM you really need to understand this particular chapter is that this chapter is broken into um, ability scores, advantage and disadvantage, proficiency bonus, ability checks using each ability, and saving throws. These are very common mechanics, whether it's an encounter or non-encounter situation. Um, the ability score section describes for you, you know, how they're defined, um, you know, and the purpose of ability checks. You then have advantage and disadvantage, which is particular circumstances where a player or an NPC or someone has a particular 
advanced skill, maybe a particular uh, proficiency, or maybe you know they've surprised, or there's something that the opponent is suffering from conditionally that gives the person advantage. Same can be said about disadvantage. And really all advantage and disadvantage means is that if you're doing something with advantage, you roll 2d20 and you take the higher of the two, two rolls. If you're doing something with disadvantage, you roll 2d20 and you take the roll that's lowest. Now, proficiency bonus is important because you may find when characters are doing something specific that they're proficient in, um, you know, they're going to have a higher bonus to their role. You may decide they gain advantage. Ability checks is just what they sound like. You know, if it's a strength-based ability check, a dex-based, con, wisdom, intelligence, or charisma, these are simple d20 rolls using the ability modifier to determine the outcome of that roll. Saving throw focuses in on things like a con saving throw, a strength saving throw, intelligence, wisdom, or charisma saving throws. Typically saving throws focus in on uh, the ability to challenge either a condition or effect through physical or magical means. For example, fireball requires a deck saving throw, which is basically a roll that determines if I roll high enough, do I avoid all the damage or, or do I avoid half the damage or not? Um, so saving throws, be sure to study that section. I would also say adventuring. You know, chapter eight talks about time, movement, the environment, social interact, action, resting. These are the basics, skim them, get a basic understanding of them and then come back to them later as your team matures and as your game matures. I think you'll find it incredibly helpful. Combat is the single most common <clears throat> encounter that you'll have in the game. Um, this can vary to frequency based on the type of DM or GM you are, whether you're narrative, <clears throat> mechanic driven, or vice versa. The order of combat. So in chapter nine, you have the order of combat, movement and position, actions in combat, making an attack, cover, damage and healing and there's a subsection that talks about mounted and underwater combat <clears throat> as a newer dm or gm i highly recommend if you can keep your encounters simple at first and then work up towards more complex encounters like mounted combat underwater combat those can be very challenging to manage and you don't necessarily want to overwhelm yourself right out of the gate unless you feel comfortable giving it a go the order of combat refers to initiative, movement and position refers to moving, actions refers to action, making an attack action, you have cover, damage and healing. Now read this section, even though it's more pertinent of a section as a player, this is the basics you want to know as a DM so that as you manage your combat encounter, you can set the right expectations and understand what is going on with that particular you know combat encounter right um the same rules apply during an initiative round everybody gets a move action and bonus action and those specific details at the players level are very much spelled out here 
You may not need to know specifically what attack action a barbarian is capable of. You just need to understand, you know, move action and bonus action, how it means in the order of play, order of combat, and the encounter. Spellcasting in chapter 10 is broken down into very simplistic terms. What is a spell? Known and prepared, spell slots, rituals, and then casting a spell. By no means should you feel compelled to memorize every single spell for all the classes associated to the game. That's I know for there are people out there that have done that. They've played enough, they've read enough, and they've got that photographic memory. I am not one of those people. A common tactic you may want to use during your DM or GM maturity is that whenever anyone's about to cast a spell, have them read it to the table. It's a great way for you to learn it player to understand it more specifically as they read it and for the other players at the table to understand its means as well now sometimes that might trigger some meta meta behavior where other people are going to influence that choice but as a dm or gm you're just gonna have to control that because getting people to understand what the spell means how it works i think kind of outweighs the potential of metagaming <clears throat> so once again chapter seven Chapter 8, Chapter 9, Chapter 10 of the Player's Handbook. Focus on those sections. Um, come back later, skim through things as you feel comfortable skimming through them. But remember, as a DM or GM, it's your job to referee, narrate, and guide the players. It's the player's job to remember what they can and can't do, what they're capable of. Your immersion of them into your world is your primary focus. Their focus is to enjoy that immersion and have fun doing it. So as always, these books are written textile or you know textbook style, don't get overly um, concerned about that. Read the parts that make sense, understand the parts that make sense. Run your one shot, run the beginnings of your campaign, and then come back to the books at later dates <clears throat> as particular situations might arise and you know, force you to learn other details in more depth. So this is Dungeon Master Academy. Uh, hoping you guys are all staying safe out there, and we will talk to you later.